there. Say hello. Let us know that you're there. Go to the messenger part of uh, whatever it is that you watch on, Facebook, and let us know you're there. I got here a little late with the insert today, so the poor team had to put these in. So some of you may not have the insert. If you need one, raise your hand and we'll get one to you right here, over here. Anybody else? I didn't do too bad. I don't know if I would call it good. <laughs> That's the standard. As long as it's not bad, we're okay. <laughs> well, we're in a series called Deeper. Good. Excellent. Deeper. It's all about getting deeper with Jesus, getting deeper with God, getting deeper into the Word in prayer in our relationships, and over the last few weeks, we've been looking at a passage of Scripture from John 15, which talks about a deeper kind of love. And we started that last week. We started talking about, sorry, the, the verse that I've got is my core verse for this morning is John 15, 12, from Jesus. It says, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. So this is a love that comes down from heaven to us, in us, and out to others. Up, in, out. That's how it works. And uh, I use the acronym LASER, LASER LOVE. What is a LASER LOVE, you may ask? Well, I am glad that you have asked that question. What is that? Thank you. Well, just as a laser beam responds, reacts differently than a natural light, if I was to shine a flashlight, the, the beam is dispersed. But a laser beam has a focus beam. The, the beam doesn't change. I've got one on my, you can see it right up there. Can you see that little dot over there? Can you, say, can you see that? Yeah, yeah, good, good, good. If I was to shine a flashlight up there, you wouldn't see it unless I had a pretty big flashlight. But a laser light it, it is concentrated doesn't respond like natural light does. And the love that Jesus has called us to is the same way. It's, it's focused and it doesn't respond the same way as what we would call natural love. Um, a laser beam, I like lasers. Let's not get into laser beams. <laughs> but if you, if you had a powerful enough laser beam, it could cut through steel. A concentrated beam could cut through the most difficult, most hardened substances in the same way that Christ, the, the, the love that Christ calls us to can cut through the most stubborn, obstinate, hard heart if we work at it. Now, normal love, and we're not talking about normal love. Normal love is, you know, what you see on the movies. It's all, oh, it's passion, it's feelings. Those things are good, right? We like to have passion. We like to have emotions. We like to have Feelings, but Jesus kind of raised the bar so very high. He said, but to you who are willing to listen. Are you willing to listen? To you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Ow. Are you willing to listen? Are you still willing to listen? <laughs> okay, at the start it was okay, but now... Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to be repaid. What would we lend to our enemies? I mean, we naturally think about stuff, right? But I think it's much more deeper than that. Lend them your love, lend them your kindness, lend them your grace, lend them your mercy. 
the very things that we want God to lend and give to us, he's saying, give these things to your enemy. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate, just as your Father is compassionate. So we came up with a practical definition for love last week. Don't put it, too late, it's there. (laughs) He's on your side. A practical definition, a working definition of love. So yeah, put it back up there. Loving someone means working for their good. This is a definition that fits exactly with what Jesus is is teaching us. Because what did he say? Love your enemies. Do good to them. So loving someone means working for their good. That kind of... you. With, with that sort of a statement, you can rise above emotions. You can rise above feelings. You can rise above those things that might stop us necessarily from loving. It's not that we want to take emotion out of the picture, but we don't want to allow emotion to dictate the picture. We love in the way that Jesus called us to love. It's a very practical love. So let's say it together. Loving someone. Good. One more time. Loving someone means working for their good. Fits with Jesus' command to us. So laser love. Laser is an acronym, and we began last week. Can you remember what the L stands for? Listen, you are listening. This is good. Listen. If you want to pick up any of our messages, you can go into our website, uh, go into our Facebook page. You can download them. You can listen to them online. I'm not going to get into listen this morning because we did it last week, but I am going to say it means to listen to understand. Listening is absolutely essential to any relationship because listening brings about understanding. And when you understand, you can move forward in a relationship. You can begin to love your enemies if you understand your enemies. I love something they did in Britain and across Europe, I guess. After the Second World War, a lot of division They set up a program of exchange students where students from England would go to a home in Germany or go to a home in France and stay there. Sandra used to stay for the whole summer in Germany. She had another exchange student in France. And then those students would come over to England in exchange. And that way you kind of got used to the culture of these people. I mean, England and France have been at war forever. But when you go there for a little while, you realize why we don't like them. No, I mean, (laughs) you get to understand people. You get to live in a home with them. The more you understand them, the more accepting you can become. This is why listening is so important. Because when you feel understood, you feel valued. Even if the person doesn't necessarily agree with your stance on something, if you think that they understand you, if you feel that they understand you, you feel valued in that relationship. And that is so important. So listening is the starting point of laser love. The second one, the A, stands for active. Laser love is active. Active love shows up. It walks the walk doesn't just give it lip service. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, 
Let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. When, when love shows up, it's active. It works actively for the good of someone. It demonstrates the value of the relationship. It demonstrates the value of that person because you put your love in action. Love is one of those things that's so easy to give lip service to, isn't it? And you see this sometimes, you know, like, oh, man, I really love you. But there's nothing to back it up. There's no substance to it. It's easy to say it. Love actively works for the good of someone or something. So make it practical. If I say I love this church, if Lakeway is my church and I love Lakeway, but I don't actively work for the good of this church, do I really love Lakeway? Or do I simply love what I get from Lakeway? That's what the love is. I like what I get out of it. I don't want to give to it. I like the concept of it. But if I truly loved Lakeway, I would be working for Lakeway's good. It would matter to me. That's what this means. If I say I love my kids or my grandkids and I don't actively work for their good, I'm just giving it lip service. It's not, not real. I mean, what good is what I say? And, and this one is difficult. I want to dive into this just a little bit because it's easy to get misguided. You know, sometimes we fool ourselves into believing that we're working for somebody else's good, but we're really working for our good. You know, you got the guy that, not necessarily the guy, the person who's climbing the corporate ladder. I just want to get that promotion. I want to get that next job. Then I got some more money. And, and, and the kids are at home and, you know, where's mom? Where's dad? At work. Always at work. Always at work. Misses the baseball games, misses the football games, misses the piano recital because they're at work, they're at work, they're at work. And when they come down to it, they say, yeah, but I did all of that work for you. I wanted to provide you with a good home. I wanted to provide you with all the things that you want. And they're thinking, well, I wanted you. Those other things are nice, but what I really wanted was you. I've had seen that conversation with people. And the guy has convinced himself, I'm doing this for my family. If work comes first or sports come first or hanging out with the guys or the girls comes first, if that's your priority, if if your social status comes first, you're going to spend your time focused on those things, giving lip service to the ones that you say you love. And you might... Kind of squeeze some time for them there, but everybody knows. Everybody knows it's just lip service. It's not real. Now, God's the big one in this. I love God. I love God. Man, God is first in my life. But if somebody were to stand back, if an alien were to come down and examine your your schedule and your bank account... And how you use your time and your talents, would God come first? Or does he just get what's left? The little bits that I can kind of squeeze in for God. But man, I love God. Active love shows up. So laser love listens to understand. Laser love is active. It shows up. Number three, laser love is selfless. 
Very simply, selfless love is considerate. It's considerate. John 15, 13 says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Now, what does that mean? I mean, the natural first, oh, I got I to gotta die for other people, right? That's not what Jesus is talking about here. He means die to self. Die to yourself so that you can live for others. It means that, that I take me off of the throne in my life. Me first, my need first, my want first, my stuff first. And instead of living a self-centered life, I choose to live a Christ-centered life. I put Christ on the throne in my life. He is first. And if I begin to live a Christ-centered life, it means that I begin to live for other people. It's our verse of the day, right? Where is it here? This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. Sacrificial love. That means that we elevate the needs of others above our need, above our want. This is not very easy. To lay down one's life means to put the needs of other people ahead of our needs. Now, here's the neat thing in this, and we're going to talk about this when we get to the end of this laser love. If I put aside my need to elevate your need, and you put aside your need to elevate my need, how many people are concerned with me? This many, right? But the other way, there was only one person concerned with me. So this is a win-win scenario. When we put the needs of other people first, they're putting our need first. It's a reciprocal relationship. Now, this is where this one gets tough. And it really does get tough. It's when it comes to tough love. Selfless, selfless love means you value the person more than you value the relationship. All right? Now, think about that for a second. Selfless love means that we put aside our need to be loved, to be liked, to be approved of for the good of the other person. In other words, you matter more to me than this relationship matters to me. And in order for me, if it, in order for me to work good for you means that this relationship gets damaged, I'm willing to sacrifice the relationship for your good. This is really difficult. This is tough love. To work for somebody's good doesn't necessarily mean that we work for their pleasure or for them to feel good or to earn their approval or to earn their love. In fact, sometimes to work for somebody's good means the exact opposite of those things. Maybe it's going to cause them not to like you. Maybe it's going to cause them to be angry at you. Maybe it's going to cause them to resent you. They might even think that you're trying to hurt them. You wouldn't do that, would you? I remember when our kids were small. Not that there was tough love involved, but the one down the hall there, Amy. Oh my gosh, she was difficult. <laughs> at times. She's a lovely girl. <laughs> 
But, oh, I can remember, we always wanted to emphasize the good. So the problem is your behavior, not you. And I remember her arguing this rationale out with Sandra one time. Something had happened, and, and Sandra had to punish her. And she's explaining to her, you know, this is not you, it's your behavior. So Amy just looked at her, so then you're punishing a good girl. <laughs> Smart kid, yeah. <laughs> Selfless love sometimes means doing the right thing for no return. It hurts. And when you do what is right for them and you work for what is good for them, sometimes to your own detriment. This is a difficult one. Now, if you've done number one well, if you've listened and if you've done number two, well, if your love has been active, this one's not going to be so tough because when you're in that tough love situation, if, if somebody believes that you understand them, that you're there for them, you're not in their face, you're there alongside of them. You're not trying to save them from the consequences of, of their actions, but you're walking with them in the consequences of their actions. It's a little bit different. All right, let me... Uh, Oh, caveat here. Yes, I need a caveat here. I'm not talking about staying in an abusive or harmful relationship. You know, tough love, active love, sees it through. Doesn't bail, doesn't give up. We're going to see this through. But I'm not talking about staying in an abusive, harmful relationship. That is not selfless love. That is enabling. Selfless love is the actual opposite of this. It's when you call somebody out for their abusive behavior. Man, if that's the way it is, I'm not going to put up with that. We can't go on like this. This is not right. This is not good. It's not good for you. It's not good for me. We have that difficult conversation. That's what selfless love is. Now, that's kind of one heavy side of it. I want to go to the other side now. For the most people, selfless love is simply being considerate. It considers how other people feel. It considers what other people think. It thinks before speaking. Anyone ever put their foot in their mouth? I live with mine in my mouth. It holds its tongue more often than not. Selfless love considers the needs of others. Doesn't always have to be my way or no way. What would you like? Where would you like to go tonight? What would you like to do? Where would you like to go on vacation? And it doesn't sulk. Okay, then you can do that. I don't mind if that works for you. I'm the worst. This is horrible. <laughs> we like to cruise. I remember the first cruise we ever went on. It was with Sandra, mom and dad, and our kids. And Sandra made the comment to me afterwards. She said, I noticed after the cruise. Oh, no, maybe it was Disney World. Thank you. Yes, she's nodding. Yes. And she said, we figured out afterwards the girls were happy all the time and the men were miserable all the time. And she said, we figured it out afterwards. It's because every man wanted, well, I want to do this. And I want to do that. And the girls were happy to go along with it. And they enjoyed their vacation. And we all whined our way through it. 
not saying it's a gender thing, but that's just our experience. So laser love listens, laser love is active, laser love is selfless, laser love is endearing. Endearing love is easy. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. Oops. And it keeps no record of being wrong. This is a good one, endearing. Simply it means to make yourself dear to someone. It means making it easy to like you, making it easy to love you. You, you respond in such a way that people like to hang around you. They like to be around you. You're not hard work. It's open. It's honest. It's patient. It's kind. It's trusting and naive in a good way. doesn't play games. And it forgives and it forgets. And it's not historical. Now, don't make eye contact with anyone when I ask this question. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone and it's just hard work? Most of us know those kind of relationships, right? It's just hard work. You're always working at this relationship. You're always careful about what you say because if you say the wrong thing, off they go. You're walking on eggshells. You don't want to upset them. You don't want to set them off again. Down the same old road. And, and it doesn't matter what you do. They seem to find a negative in everything, even if it's good. You know, you look great tonight. Oh, so I don't normally look great? No. <laughs> they make it more complicated than it needs to be, more intense than it needs to be. Quite simply, strive not to be that person. This is a tough one for me because I'm that person so often. I don't make it easy. I'm finding fault with things. And this is an act of the Holy Spirit. To, to live in such a way that, that people like to be with you. People like to be with Sandra. They do. I mean... People are always, can I hang out with you? Can I come over? She doesn't like to be with people. But <laughs> strive not to be that person. And if you have or you are, ask for forgiveness. Maybe get help. Now, I have to be sensitive with this one because it's easier for some than others. If you've got history, if there's stuff that's gone on in your past and you've got history, sometimes it's not easy for you to be the light bubbly one because you're carrying a load with you. And it's difficult. Or if you suffer with depression or anxiety, it's, it's not easy to just be that easy to get along with person. That's different. That's not what I'm talking about. For the most part, most of us can be endearing. You make it easy for other people to like you. You make it easy for other people to love you. Now, I can give you the secret to success on this one. All right? You want the secret to success? Have an attitude of gratitude. Genuinely thankful people are happy people, and they're easy to love. 
phaser love listens to understand it's active it shows up it's selfless it considers the needs of others it's endearing it's easy and the last one laser love is reciprocal that's today's word by the way reciprocal try and bring that up into conversation as you go through the day it's a kind of bicycle um no <laughs> boomerang love it's boomerang love. First John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Basically, what goes around comes around. Just as hurt people hurt people, loved people love people. And loving people are loved by people. Love is contagious. The more you give, the more you get. The more guarded you are, the more difficult it is to love you. So I want to explain something that I learned. I learned something. Eh? Twice. <laughs> I believe, I've not shared this with Sandra, so I'll get her download on this afterwards. I believe that the love in our relationship blossomed when we had children. So let me explain. So we met in 1976, got off the ark, and <laughs> we married in 1980, had our first child in 1987, 11 years after we met. Now, it wasn't loveless for 11 years, that's not what I mean. But after we had kids, that's, that's when I, I feel our relationship, the depth of our love in our relationship really took root and took off. Let me explain. This is reciprocal love. When I met Sandra, I realized in real short order, she was absolutely baby crazy. The most baby crazy person I had ever met in my life. She just wanted to be with kids. She just wanted to babysit all the time. So we go through these 11 years, four years of dating, and seven years of, um, not really sure what that was, but, <laughs> and then kids. I remember James, our oldest, I was scared to death. I don't know if any men have felt this or any woman have felt this. First child is like, oh, I don't know what to do. I, I was scared. It's a whole new experience. I thought he was made of porcelain. You know, be careful. I remember driving home from the hospital. It was summertime, and we didn't have AC. We were living in Canada. And Sandra put the windows down. And I can't put the windows down. What if the wind gets on the baby? <laughs> and that's what I was like. <laughs> but I fell in love with that little boy. And then when Sandra got pregnant for our second, Amy, all of our kids are two years apart. Nothing was planned. Someone planned. When she got pregnant with Amy, I was so worried that I would not be able to love the new one as much as the one that was there. I thought, man, I and I was really scared about this. Because all my love is being absorbed right here. You know, I've got Sandra, I've got this boy, and wow. And then when she was born, my love just expanded. 
God gave me enough love for Amy. And then when we were expecting our third, we were only going to have two. Anyway, when we were expecting our third, I didn't have any fear. I didn't have any anxiety. I mean, I was all over it. I was just so looking forward to this third child. And I was in love all over again. Fourth time. Sandra, kid one, kid two, kid three. But that's not what I'm talking about. Boomerang love. Here's what I discovered. My wife, my baby crazy wife, she loved nothing more than she loved those children. And the more I loved those children, the more she loved me. I could see it on her face. The most precious thing to her in life were these children. And the more compassionate I was to these kids, the more loving I was to these kids, the more her love for me grew. And I've seen it continue on into the next generation. When I love my grandkids, I look at my daughters and I see their eyes and their faces and it warms their heart when I love their children. This is boomerang love. But it works in the negative also. If you're harsh, it erodes the warmth in the relationship. If you're selfish, if you put your needs above the needs of these little people, it erodes the love in the relationship. But when I loved on them, she loved on me. Now, that's not why I love these kids. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> it was a wonderful byproduct of my love that I was not expecting. It's a boomerang love. It's a reciprocal love. Now, let me throw one last twist in this before we go. We are God's children. And when we love his children, he loves us. It warms his heart when his children are loved by his children. This is why this is so important. What was the, 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 the great command? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. What's the second and equally as great command? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. It comes from God to you to go out. And when you give that love out to other people, God is looking at you and it warms his heart. Not that he could love you anymore, but when you love in that manner, it warms your heart. And you get this cyclical thing that begins to happen. You just you love on yourself. Man, I feel good about myself. Because God feels good about me. And because God feels good about me, I feel good about you. Does that make sense? It's reciprocal. It begins with God. It ends with God. Working for his good is working for our good and the good of others. And when you put this laser love, if you start here, if you listen to God, this is the first part. When I listen to God, to understand God, when I make it active, when I say, okay, and what I've listened to, now I'm going to put it into action. 
when I love and, and, and I'm selfless. Okay, God, you're on the throne. I'm not on the throne. And I try and make it easy for God to love me. There's a verse in the Bible. It's my favorite verse of the Bible. If the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps sound. Though he stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. And it's endearing. God, I want you to love me. I want it to be easy to love me. And it's reciprocal. The more we love him, the more we love me, the more I love me, the more I love you, the more I love you, the more he loves me, the more he loves me, the more I love me, the more I can stop, right? Are we getting this? Laser love. Laser love listens to understand. Is active. It shows up. It's selfless. It is considerate of other people. It is endearing. It is easy. It is reciprocal. It is boomerang. What goes around comes around. And what's our definition of love? Loving. Come on, you got it right on your thing now. Loving someone means working for their good. Loving God means working for God's good. It begins with God and it ends with God. This is all made possible. Because of the grace of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? All right. I'm going to finish early. I'm going to finish early. <laughs> now I feel wonderful. <laughs> Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it begins with you and it ends with you. Your word says that we are to be compassionate as you are compassionate. And it's easy to talk about love. And it's easy to love people who are lovable, who love us back. But Father, to put these principles into effect for those people that we struggle with is a lot more difficult. So, Father, I begin by asking your forgiveness for each and every one of us, for me, when we don't love the way you have loved us. But your grace is sufficient, and you pour your grace out upon us. Father, may we take that grace and pour it out on those around us, even those who are difficult. Father, may we listen with ears to hear. May we be active. May we not just talk about love, but may we live our love, our love for you, our love for others, and our love for ourselves. And Father, may we be selfless. Sometimes it's difficult to take ourselves off the throne. We've been on there for so long in our lives, Father. It's been all about us. Sometimes we pretend that it's about others, but it's still about us. Forgive us when we've done that, Father, and strengthen us that we can just get off of that throne and, and let your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, take his place in our hearts where it needs to be. And Father, help us to be endearing. In each of our relationships, may it be easy to love us and to like us. 
And Father, may we see what goes around comes around. May we love the way you have loved. Father, if there's one person in this room today who's never begun this love relationship with you, has never asked for you to come into their lives as Lord and Savior. Father, if there's one here who's never taken that step to say, I need Jesus, I pray that today would be their day. And if that's you, you might have been coming to church for years, but you've never taken that step to really surrender to Jesus. It's a real easy starting point. Jesus made it so easy. And you can just pray this simple prayer, dear Jesus, I need you. Come into my life. Bring your love into my life. I need your forgiveness. And I need to forgive. I want to be yours from this day forward. And if that's your prayer today, I'm going to ask you to fill out a card. Just drop it in the offering as it goes by because I'd love to pray for you. Father, I just conclude this prayer. We all need to love better. May we love in the manner you have called us to love. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Hector. The smiles. I was telling my inner voice to keep quiet. <laughs> if I could have those who are taking up the offering, come on up. Just to let you know, my wife always looks at me whenever I do announcements. She says, please don't listen to your inner voice. Just, just, if you know me, you'll understand. Let's give thanks for the offering. Dear Heavenly Grace.